Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. You can always tweet us your thoughts throughout the show at AWOD Radio or at 910 The Fan. If it's a good tweet, we'll read it on air. And I do love that my timeline is filled with positive Wizards talk about Danny Avdia. And it's just so awesome. Uh, You know, the kid is growing up right in front of our eyes here. Just had a career night, 43 points. Uh, You know, he's starting to really develop a consistent three-point shot. The issue sometimes is he's much better driving to the right than driving left. We saw him drive left successfully last night. He's been good on the defensive end for the last two years. Getting more consistent on the offensive end has been the most important thing for him to improve on this season. So, very happy about the career night for Washington Wizards forward Denny Avdia last night. Joining us right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline from Richmond Biz Sense, Jonathan Spires. What's going on, Jonathan? Hey, Adam. Doing well. How are you? I'm doing pretty good here. So why don't you explain the, the latest to the audience here uh, about the, the Diamond District and the development of the new stadium for the Flying Squirrels? Sure. Happy to do it. Um, so our latest reporting was that, um, uh, obviously, as Several steps need to be taken to continue to prep for the first phase of the Diamond District to start construction, and the first phase would include the stadium. Um, the development team that the city is working with has um, apparently raised some additional capital uh, very um, uh, more recently and uh, specifically to help get that first phase going. Uh, apparently, this capital was needed in addition to uh, other resources that had been uh, lined up up to this point and um, this uh, amount which which wasn't specified but apparently it was several millions of dollars that apparently was all raised locally here in Richmond by uh, Richmond-based investors uh, would be used specifically for purchasing the land for the first phase that would be about 22 acres at the south end of this 67 acre site where the new stadium would go as well as some additional mixed-use development that uh, would help support the new stadium through uh, increment tax uh, financing. And uh, some of the capital also would be spent, um, apparently the development team has a commitment through its development agreement with the city to purchase some of the initial bonds that would uh, help to finance the stadium as well as some uh, infrastructure for the overall development. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, getting the latest on the diamond development here from Richmond Biz Spence's Jonathan Spires. And, of course, 910 The Fan is the home of the Richmond Flying Squirrels. And, look, we all want this to get done, Jonathan. It it feels like it's a race against time uh, with the MLB saying it needs to be built by 2025 and the city saying, oh, how about 2026? I mean, with the new developments, how confident are you today that they will get this done in time so the squirrels don't end up leaving? Well, um, I, I don't know if I'm the person to answer that, but um, it seems to be that there are some forward, uh, you know, progress being made. Um, in the course of my reporting, I've obviously talked with people on uh, different sides of this whole effort, um, and it's a multifaceted effort, obviously, with the the ball club, the Flying Squirrels, as well as the city and, and the development team. 
And it sounds like, you know, there are certain things that still need to be uh, ironed out, but at the same time, there is progress being made in terms of the uh, design of the stadium. Apparently, the schools are taking a, a different approach to that with a new consultant on board and a new architecture firm. Um, but uh, apparently, everyone I'm talking to uh, uh, maintains that they're, you know, they, they, have, they have all the confidence to be able to pull this off in time for the 2026 fall season. I love to hear that because I, the flying squirrels just mean so much to this city. You know, I, I've been out and about since I've moved back to Richmond here uh, to plenty games, plenty of games, including the home openers always sold out, the playoff game. Uh, there's so much excitement for Nutsy's block party as everybody's kind of lining up to buy their tickets. So we know how much, you know, the diamond and the flying squirrels mean to this city, uh, but can the government get this done is, you know, kind of the big question here. So the question, that Jonathan, and then everybody asks me is, when are we going to drive by the Diamond, maybe stop by Raisin Cane's and get something there? When are we going to actually see shovels in the dirt? Uh, that's the million-dollar question and uh, one we're continuing to try to answer in our, uh, in our coverage of this project. Um, all I can really say is that uh, it, it's been said that to build the new stadium would require at least 18 months, um, likely uh, some more. Than that, so uh, if they're uh, going to stick to their their uh, predictions that they're going to be able to pull this off by 2026 uh, ball season by the spring of 2026, then uh, at least 18 months prior to that would mean shovels in the ground by the end of this year. So um, that remains to be seen. Uh, but again, they are lining up a lot of the steps that need to be taken to get to that point. Um, there's a financing authority that needs to be established. That's apparently moving forward, and some other. Uh, conditions that need to be met before the land can be sold to the development team and once the land is sold to the development team that's when construction should be uh, getting going. I had heard that a target date for shovels in the dirt was April uh, based on the most recent developments is that possible or does that seem out of reach with the timeline? Yeah I, I can't answer that definitively um, and uh, I, I I, from, from what I'm understanding, there are still some variables that remain. So, yeah, it really matters. It comes down to, you know, whether these, these conditions can all be uh, put together in a certain amount of time. And, um, you, know, but, you know, to be honest, uh, based on our coverage of this project up to this point, you know, it's been a slow process. It's taken a while. But at the same time, in recent uh, weeks, there's been uh, a few updates in terms of uh, city, you know, transferring land to the EDA to sell to the development team and pitching in a million dollars of funding as well for helping with the uh, flying squirrels uh, and, and helping with the design of the new stadium. So there, there, are, uh, there are steps being taken. Um, whether they're able to pull it off by April remains to be seen. Jonathan, can you explain the latest with VCU and their involvement in, in this deal? Um, well, yeah, we had uh, some reporting. My colleague Mike Platini actually had the story and an uh, interview uh, with uh, Ed McLaughlin uh, with uh, VCU Athletics. Um, apparently, they are also sticking to a spring timeline of starting uh, construction and development site work on their Athletics Village. And a, uh, a, a part of that um, seems to be, you know, in coordination, obviously, with the Diamond District. And the Diamond District uh, site involves the VCU-owned Sports Backers Stadium. Um, in order for the Diamond District uh, overall to be developed, um, that stadium, VCU-owned property, will need to be sold at some point. Uh, but VCU has said to us that uh, apparently the sale of that 
site has nothing to do with the athletics village getting going. And uh, so, uh, but there is no definitive timeline as to when that particular piece of land with the sports backer stadium on it will be, uh, will be sold for the development. You know, you're, you're speaking about some of the variables that are kind of in the way here. You know, how would you kind of explain it, you know, in, in the easiest terms uh, to somebody that, that is listening right now that just wants to go and see the Flying Squirrels play and they don't kind of understand all the hoopla and, and all the craziness with all these variables? How would you kind of explain it in easy terms? Yeah, it, it, it's and if I'm and if I'm failing to do so, it's because it is challenging to uh, to explain. But there, there are several steps that need to be taken um, for the new stadium to be built. Now, you know, it, it must be pointed out that the Flying Squirrels, uh, uh, part of the reason why they're building this new stadium where they're going to build it, which is essentially directly south of the diamonds uh, where it stands now, is in order to allow the Flying Squirrels to continue to play baseball over that time, um, so that there's no break in play. So um, as far as, you know, the average fan who wants to go see the Flying Squirrels, apparently that will continue to be able to be done um, while the construction is going on. But, um, yeah, basically, basically land just needs to be sold to the development team, and to do that there needs to be other things in place, including, uh, from what I understand, uh, a lease from the Flying Squirrels for the new stadium. Um, I'm told that that is in the uh, home stretch as far as getting approved and um, some other approvals like that that need to be in place in order for the development to start because the development depends on a particular type of financing with these bonds that are going to be issued. Um, the, there needs to be a particular financing authority that is established and uh, those types of things need to be in place in order for construction to get going. It, it is difficult to explain, but that's kind of the best I can I can give you. No, no, that was great, man. I really appreciate it. You can read Jonathan's work online, richmondbizsense.com. We appreciate it, man, and let us know if there's any further developments. Will do. Thanks, Adam. Yep, you're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, Richmond's home for the Flying Squirrels. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, Richmond's home for the Washington Commanders, who hired Dan Quinn, who has now completed his staff bringing in Cliff Kingsbury and Joe Witt to be the OC and defensive coordinator, respectively. And you'll get to hear from both of those guys today, live from Ashburn for the introductory press conference, your new offense coordinator and defensive coordinator, Cliff Kingsbury and Joe Witt. We'll play clips for that at 2.45 here on AWOD Radio. Uh, But right now, I definitely wanted to give a shout-out to Coach. My dog, Coach. Coach in Richmond calls in all the time, called in a few weeks ago, and suggested that we check out a new Netflix miniseries. I'm happy to report I've watched the show, and I love it. It's the lead story here on Netflix. Live on AWOD Radio, here on 910 The Fan, it's time for Netflix. Netflix. The best of streaming services, TV, movies, books, podcasts, and more. We've got you covered on Netflix. Coach, where are you at, dog? 833-804-0910. I got to give him credit. All right, so the new Netflix miniseries is called Griselda, starring Sofia Vergara. I'll be honest with you, I didn't love the title. 
Great. Griselda just yeah, sounds it's, it's weird. Hard to, um, to but lock as in soon on. as you watch it, the first five minutes, you're hooked. Sofia Vergara it has so much makeup on, you, you barely even recognize her, but it's so fantastic. It, f- it feels like Narcos meets Snowfall. Have you seen either of those shows? No. All right. Well, <laughs> it's like it's a it's a drug show where she basically is like Pablo Escobar, uh, right. the female version, right? And so she moves with her family from Colombia to Miami. All right. Miami. And um, she brings like a kilo of cocaine with her, and she like looks for the you know the the biggest guy in the club, right? The guy that obviously is the drug dealer, and she tries to get him to try the cocaine. He loves it. He thinks it's the most purest thing he, he's ever tried. And so then she's like trying to sell multiple kilos and become like a real player in the drug game. Uh, spoiler alert. The men don't like a whim, a woman selling drugs, mm-hmm. and so they like beat her up. They try to kill her. She ends up hiring a bodyguard, and so I'm four episodes in. Stub, it is a nine out of ten. Nine it out of ten. It is so good. It's a great story. I feel terrible for her kids, right? Because <laughs> their mom is turning into a drug lord. Uh, they're living at like a motel, and uh, it's just it's so entertaining. I want to say it's like an hour and ten minutes an episode, so it's a bit of a watch, mm-hmm. but it's so worth it. Um, some episodes have like cliffhangers that are so good you pretty much have to start the next episode you can binge it all right now on Netflix it's called Griselda AWOD four and a half out of five joggers stamp of approval thanks to coach you should check it out I'll think about it you don't like TV shows I don't like TV shows which I don't understand like because you love bad movies so you just oh I do kind of pisses me off I also love good movies oh yeah but like <laughs> you don't you don't watch The Wire. You never seen no, The Wire. No, you no. don't watch you know Breaking all, Bad, Breaking Game Bad. of Thrones. Game, like it's like it's crazy actually. It's not crazy. It's kind of crazy. It's, it's pretty like, normal. It's a giant hole Something. in like your your view of pop culture. I'm okay with right? that. Like you, you do you like do you know who um, Chandler Bing is? Do That's, you? Uh, friends. That's, come on now, the late great Matthew Perry. Like yeah, 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 he doesn't yeah. get yeah, see, bits from TV shows because no, he doesn't watch TV. <laughs> I watched like the. The important sitcoms of my age. All right. Let me ask you a question. Did you see, not Zach Joaquin, but Joaquin Phoenix in The Joker? Yeah. What'd you think of it? Uh, it's, a, it's a good movie. I thought it was great. Good, yeah. Like one of the best, he's, he's one of the best actor. like creepy movies ever. Like, no. When I was watching it, dude, I was like <laughs> laughing like The Joker at times. I, I fell in love with the movie. I've seen it multiple times. Todd Phillips is the director. Well, he actually shared a first look at Joker 2 joker and harley quinn together yeah you, you didn't want to try to pronounce the subtitle on that one what is the subtitle on it's that like one? it's like french I, i'm not oh, gonna i didn't try. know that actually <laughs> well yeah um, with the uh, lady gaga yeah i'm and, kind of fired up for this and they originally said it was gonna be a musical but they, they went changed back their and mind like, about hey, that no they didn't change their mind they're like well no it's like music is an important aspect to it they're not mm. gonna break out in song the first one had like no musical elements i guess they had the famous scene where there's music playing and he's walking down the, the stairs. stairs yeah yeah and well, that you, Dude, that scene is one of the best in cinema. Dude, no. He turns into the Joker. You're not giving Joaquin Phoenix enough credit. No, I, Joaquin, Phoenix is one of the great, Joaquin Phoenix is one of the greatest actors of our generation. Yeah. And the Joker is a, is a good movie. I would not say him walking oh. down the stairs is one of the greatest scenes oh, in cinema. Oh, you're tripping. When he walks down Look, that, Adam, it's you, iconic. After it's you iconic. told me that I needed to watch Rob Schneider's The Animal as if it's the most important movie it's of all time, movie. you've lost like... A, a level of you just here's the thing is that you you were born into a generation that like doesn't know anything about comedy movies so you just That's you've never true. seen have you ever seen Euro Trip 
No. I mean, come on now. It's one of the greatest comedies of all time. I watched. You're absolutely tripping. I watched Wedding Crashers last night. I mean, like, of course, that's a classic. That's all right. See, that's where you're just wrong. I know. I know. (laughs) I, I'm gonna have to. I'm literally gonna have to put a lock and key over your microphone for Netflix because you just don't understand comedy. You don't like Vince I, Vaughn. I, I understand. Vince comedy. Vaughn's I love, not good look, enough. Look, I love Vince Vaughn. And I love Owen Wilson. It's a, it's a mediocre script. <laughs> oh my gosh! I watched uh, the 1961 film Breakfast at Tiffany's this week. That was great. Yeah, Classic movie. Some Audrey Hepburn. You're a weird. Classic 60s movie. Oh my gosh! Oh man, good stuff. Um, I want to, yeah, I, I don't think uh, the audience agrees with you. You're doing a show for one. That's there. That's really good. All right, Steph Curry's going to get his own scripted show on Peacock. Uh, so The Traders is their number one show right now. I told you guys I gave it a shot. I didn't like it. It's been a hit. But to me, it's like a show inside of a show. All of the characters are from other reality TV shows, and they're all trying to be famous. I thought it was stupid. Uh, you had Michael Jordan's son, Marcus Jordan, and uh, Scottie Pippen's ex-wife on the show together. Well, they've actually broken up now. Uh, so now I kind of watched the final episodes <laughs> of the show to see if they break up on camera. Uh, but anyway, NBA legend Steph Curry is going to get a Peacock show, and it's going to be a mockumentary series called Mr. Throwback. And um, that's all I really know about it. Uh, he's going to play himself, which is kind of cool. I'm I'm not really a big fan of Steph and, and his wife doing Chef Curry bits. They've had like they've had a show in the past together, I believe, oh, mm. where they did a, like cooking together. I don't know. I like Steph on a basketball court. Yeah, that's a, that's a you got to be a good athlete. Like yeah. I think that's why the WWE guys are so good because there are it's already such a performance. You know, Dave Bautista, John Cena. Yeah, but uh, like LeBron James and Space Jam too. That's not a it's not an Oscar worthy performance from him. No, no, absolutely not. Uh, what else did you want to bring up on Netflix? I think I think I'm gonna go see Madam Web today. Didn't you say that that got terrible oh, reviews? It looks, it looks like perhaps the worst movie. And, and you're going to pay for this. I can't wait. You're going to pay for this. I pay for monthly theater thing. I, I have in, I have unlimited movie access, so I might as well use it. Yeah, well. Can't then wait. You're, pay, you're paying for the time. I can't wait. See, you need to get your priorities straight no, here. Dude, you I should will be watch, at home. I will watch any movie with Sydney Sweeney you in should, it. Well, I mean, she's smoking hot, but and we get that. But you should be watching good movies at home for free. I I, it's the same price. Like I'm, I'm paying for unlimited, and I'm, I'm using people's streaming services. Well, you, it's free, whichever way I do it. You could be using that time door dashing and making yourself more money. Molly Shannon is going to join season four of Only Murders in the Building. Oh, how do I know the name Molly Shannon? What is she? I don't know. From? I actually, I love that. Oh, show. oh, I just looked her up. She's from Saturday Night Live. Yeah, she oh, did the a, she did the famous superstar movie yeah, with Will Ferrell. She's uh, she's a funny actress. Oh yeah, she's a, she's, a classic she's, SNL yeah, alum. Classic SNL alum, and so I like they're adding another comedian there to it because the show's actually decent. I've only actually seen the first two episodes, uh, but Steve Martin, Martin Short are great. Oh, I've actually seen all three seasons. Oh yeah, yeah, it's a really good show. I love it. Are you doing a bit here? No, I've seen I've seen the whole show. I really like the show. So you do like I TV? Watch, yeah, I, no, I, I mean I like uh, it's a good show. They did they did a whole whole all of season three was all theater based. Oh really? So I, I was pretty into that. What do you think of Selena Gomez? I like Selena. Yeah, but does she well, compare grew, to Sydney Sweeney? No, really. I, I grew up you know Wizards of Waverly Place. Like I grew up with Selena Gomez as like a as a kid with yeah. her, the Disney Channel show. Who else was in the Disney Channel? Was in wasn't it um, Ariana Grande? Ariana was in Victorious. And that's what a, Wait, that that was a that was a different show. But is it Disney or was that Nickelodeon? That, 
I don't know. I don't uh, know. But she did. An, I think it was Nick. No, it was Nick. Because okay. then she did another show called Sam and Cat with one of the girls from iCarly. Ah, uh, yeah. 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 I mean, that's all way past my time. Another, another a guy who was in Victorious with Ariana Grande won a Grammy this year. What's his name? Uh, I don't remember. <laughs> he, w- he was a producer. He didn't sing. He produced uh-huh. a, a SZA song, uh-huh. and he got the Grammy for that. All so. right. Well, there we go. Uh, and then the, you know, the other news on Netflix still is Deadpool and Wolverine breaking the internet. And you're yeah, still whatever. not fired up at all. No. It just it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> How are you not fired up for Hugh Jackman and Deadpool on, on you know on a movie together? Uh, because I'm not, uh, I don't know, 14 anymore? No, yeah, exactly. Because you don't like <laughs> comedy. I like Ryan comedy. Reynolds, he, I love comedy. He's like peak 20th century, I, 21st no, the thing century is, comedy. I, I, I'm, 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 I am a bit more of a snob about comedy, and I think that's the problem. Probably. Well, there, among other problems that you have. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, did you ever see Free Guy? With Ryan Reynolds? No, I don't want to. It's not bad. I, the I the think Adam bad. Project was was, was bad. No, the Adam no, Project was bad. I watched it. He's a kid bad. named Adam who travels back in time to save his dad's life. Loved the thirteen going on thirty uh, reunion there. I mean, come on. Between now. Jennifer Garner and Mark Ruffalo, right, that was yeah. cute. That was cute that they were together. But uh, you hated the movie. Yeah, it was a bad movie. But, but you like bad movies. No, 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 no. I like. I like. I like bad movies. You're the I don't guy like, that I liked like, Barbie. No, I li- that's not a bad movie. I no, I like bad movies that are like Friday the Thirteenth Part Eight. I don't like bad movies that are like boring. like Barbie. No, you like bad I movies. Like... I look. No, 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 no. Are open. I haven't had one guy call in to defend Barbie. That's as not I've true. Been destroying it. That's not true. Someone oh, did, are you not putting someone them on did the call line? in and defend? Oh, you're just not putting them on the line. No, they that's did. They were did. on air and they were like. It, well, I think they were more defending me. Yeah. Coach Coach said, lay off my man Stubb and let him enjoy Barbie. I remember this. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. let you enjoy Barbie. All right. But n- and the rest of the world, Adam. Here. And everyone else that I'll saw be doing it. Netflix you watched 10 minutes and gave up. Tomorrow. All right. No, no. I, I, finished, I, I powered through one, oh, okay. one other time. It still sucked. Phone lines are open. 833-804-0910. You're listening to AWOD Radio on the fan. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Commander's new offensive coordinator, Cliff Kingsbury, is meeting the media right now and doing his introductory press conference. And so we'll be able to break that down on the final segment today. Look, I'm all in on the Kingsbury hire, so it's not like he's going to say anything that's going to change my mind. Uh, I'm I'm interested if he's going to talk about his relationship with Caleb Williams, and really, that's that's the rest of my goal for this offseason. It would be the dream offseason if the Commanders can draft Caleb Williams in the upcoming NFL draft. But we're going to debut a new segment right now here on AWOD Radio. And to do that, I wanted to bring in a special guest. We've got our traffic reporter, Brian, here. What's going on, Brian? How are the roads looking? They're looking good. I was going to ask you how the roads looked in Vegas while you were there last oh, dude. week. I mean, it was the best trip of my life. Uh, I, I saw mean, that. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and I, yeah, I don't want to just make people jealous, but, like, everyone's walking around the office asking me about it. And, you know, I was talking to Kent today for about 15 minutes about how amazing the sphere was. Okay. I didn't know he is a diehard fan of you, too. So uh, he was gotcha. so jealous that I got to see Bono. Uh, you know, I was talking to Melissa about all the food that we ate. I had a rib cap for the first time in my life. It was second best steak I've ever had. I still rib think the number cap. one was the filet at Voltaggio Brothers in okay. National Harbor. Wow. But the rib cap was so juicy, and it was so good. And then we also had a smoked old-fashioned at that meal. Who paid for all this? You? Bud Light. 
Bud Light's uh, big game week. Gotta big love game Bud Light. week. That's gotta right. Gotta love Bud Light. Gotta love Bud Light. I mean, we were we were so we were. Michael was funny. We were buying Bud Lights for most of the trip. Okay. And then these Bud Light girls came up to us and said, "Hey, do you guys want a free Bud Light?" And we're like, "We're here because of Bud Light. Yes, we'll drink the Bud Light." <laughs> so we we love Bud Light. Um, By the I, way, how do the uh, people walk? It's the strip. You can just walk, right? I mean, yeah, the whole thing. Most of it. Um, okay. You like you? There's parts of the strip that is not walkable. Uh, oh, but I, I didn't spend much time, you know, outside in the strip. I was mostly in the Luxor and then walking through the mall to Mandalay Bay, hanging out there, poker room, um, sports book, and then the convention center where the radio row was. Okay. Yeah. All right. A lot of good radio people from Odyssey there. I don't know about from Odyssey, but there were uh. some big names. Uh, the biggest <laughs> name at cool. Odyssey that was there was Grant Polson. Oh, like, Grant okay. is a legit star. He is. Because, Absolutely. Because people forget that or at least I forget sometimes, that he's been doing a serious XM baseball show called Minors and Majors since he was 16. I've checked that out before. Do you know who Eric oh, Hosmer sure. is? Uh, I do. Right? Absolutely. Eric I Hosmer. made the World Series with Kansas City Royals. He was a world champion. Grant interviewed him first when he was like 17. Beat my Mets. Hosmer, Thanks for the reminder. Yeah, Hosmer was in <laughs> Vegas, and, and he just like he goes up to Grant. You remember me? Right. It's just like Grant is such a star, and it's because he's been you know uh, the man in the industry here for the past twenty years. But you went on a road trip. I did. I went down to uh, Stubbs' old stomping grounds there in Blacksburg ah. on the Virginia Tech campus. Super Bowl Sunday uh, early edition of the Virginia Tech ladies against, who was it, Boston College on Sunday. It was a pretty good game. The uh, Hokies won, and they're back playing again tonight. Big game against Duke, I believe, also yeah. down at the Castle. Yeah, so you got Castle to see Guard. our girls, Georgia Amor and Elizabeth Kitley. They, they're they're once-in-a-lifetime talents, I think, in Blacksburg. They're building something there. Hopefully they can sustain it. I think they can. Kenny Brooks seems like the coach that they've needed there for a long, long time. Ever since uh, Bonnie Hendrickson left back in the early 2000s, when they were also very good. Yeah. So we'll I mean, see what happens. Liz is a generational type player. There is no They're question so that she is. so lucky that yeah. she decided to come back for another year, her COVID season. Uh, you know, She has a chance to be ACC Player of the Year again. Oh, yeah. George Amor uh, just keeps improving as an outside, you know, outside shooter. Also, really, her leadership has been better this year. Less turnovers, more assists as they're trying to go back to the Final Four. But yeah, you're right. We're going to miss those two next year and in the future. Like this is this is the time to watch college hoops, women's college hoops, especially with Caitlin Clark That's being right. on national TV and with your local team support the Hokies. And I can finally watch college basketball now that the NFL's over. Yeah. You know, I don't start the college basketball watching until the NFL is over. There we go. And Allen was three weeks left. This is a perfect season, like a three week season. <laughs> yep, and you gave us a perfect setup for our new segment here on AWOD Radio. Every day on AWOD Radio is game day. Home of the biggest sports fans in town at 910 The Fan. There's always something to watch. We will spotlight the best sporting event of the day here on... All right, so every day on game day, there's something to watch. We're going to spotlight the best sporting event of the day. And I'm fired up tonight for Bucks Grizzlies, 8 p.m. on TNT. We've been talking about it. This is the final game day of the first half of the NBA season. Players have an off all weekend for the NBA All-Star festivities from Indy. 
Rising Stars Challenge Friday, Dunkin' Three Point Contest Saturday, All Star Game Sunday. But tonight, we will get to see the new and improved Milwaukee Bucks. My first time watching them on national television since Doc Rivers was hired. They've since hired, uh, excuse me, traded for Patrick Beverly to shore up the defensive side of the ball. It's always fun to watch Giannis MVP, the Greek Freak. He's incredible. Damian Lillard in the backcourt makes them a legit contender in the East. So he's chasing his second title in four years. On the other side of the court tonight, the Memphis Grizzlies, who actually feature four former Atlantic 10 players. Oh, wow. Utah Watanabe was a star for George Washington. Okay. Jordan Goodwin played for St. Louis, played for a time with the Washington Wizards, now is on the Grizz. Jacob Gilliard was the point guard for Richmond when they won the A-10 Let's title. Let's spotters. And Vince Williams, the pride of VCU, who'll be competing in the NBA Rising Stars Challenge Friday. It's going to be awesome to watch. He's such a stud defender. He's been rising to the challenge of guarding the opposing team's best player every single night. On the offensive side of the ball, he's hitting shots. He's rebounding well. He's quietly having an impressive season with a lot of NBA action on a Grizzlies team that's losing games. But Vince Williams in the NBA is awesome, and all of Ram Nation should check it out tonight on TNT. That's okay. game day. Stub, what you got for us? Well, we already kind of previewed it. It's the Lady Hokies. I, I love me some Hokies. Obviously, I'm a tech grad. And they're on a seven-game win streak and are heading the ACC right now. Number one team in conference. And uh, I, you didn't mention this, Brian. Last game, Kitley and Amor put up 50 of the 74 points from Tech. Woo! Liz Kitley ended the game with a couple of uh, knots on her forehead, literal knots, <laughs> because yeah. the refs refused to she show up. She was getting up. beat up. I think the refs were already in their pregame mode for the Super Bowl. That's what I think. They weren't even there. <laughs> so this is going to be a tough challenge for the Lady Hokies tonight. Uh, their last loss came against the Duke Blue Devils. That was, oh, was. on the road, yep. though. This yep. one's at home. And they it's are sold out. They are still four-and-a-half-point favorites, yep. the Hokies, uh, but... It's going to take yep. a good offensive performance. What's interesting is, you know, and I've been following the team closely this year, obviously, because we knew they were going to be good after the Final Four run last year. And so they're on this, what is it, seven-game win streak Seven stub? Seven-game win streak stub. And before that, they lost two in a row. We talked about it on air. The game against Florida State, that was on the road, and the refs completely screwed them at the end of that game, <laughs> right? right? You had Elizabeth Kentley called for an offensive foul when she had the ball and she was pushed down. It made no sense. And so that game, they were terrible defensively. Well, they locked down on the defensive end their next game against Duke, but couldn't score the ball. Only had 46 points offensively. Mm. So if they're going to win tonight, look, it's a home game. The crowd's going to be into it. I think they need to get off to a good start. Uh, but they're going to have to score the ball against this Duke team. Yeah, And they're going to need a third score outside of Elizabeth Kitley and Georgia Amor. It's kind of been the theme of this season. Yeah, I mean, if those two can put up 50, though, <laughs> that's still something. But, yes, you can't rely on the same two people every single game of basketball. What's the yeah. tip time on that again? That is going to be 8 p.m. on the ACC Network. I have my popcorn ready. Absolutely. <laughs> I'll be watching that one, flipping back and forth with TNT to watch the Bucks, Grizzlies. And so, yeah, Hokies 11-2 in conference play, 20-4 and overall. I mean, back-to-back 20-plus win seasons for the Lady Hokies. Just, you're right. Coach Brooks is building something special there in Blacksburg. I believe this is his eighth season in charge. We're going to look back on these as the good old days. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, yeah. These are the good old days. So they still have a one-game lead on Syracuse. Uh, NC State, a game and a half back at 9-3. and three. Duke, 8-4. and four. So this is a huge game here for standings in the conference when they get to the conference tournament in just a few weeks. I mean, can you feel it? March is almost here, Brian. Uh, hey, what I just say? I don't watch college basketball really until the Super Bowl is over. Yeah. And Adam has been going on for three and a half months. But yep. it's heating up, and I'm looking forward to my trip to Brooklyn covering VCU. Oh, that's in right. The A10 conference tournament. You said go Spiders. Did you see they get, them get stomped last night? I listened to a little of it. Yeah, it was uh, it was troubling. But you know what? They've had a good season, and I really do like Chris Mooney. He has lived in Richmond as long as I have. He got here about a um, year or two after I moved to town. Yeah. So I've really followed the Richmond program a lot. And listen, I ran the VCU games with Robbie Robinson for many moons. <laughs> so I, it's like when they play each other, it's like, do I root for one team the first half and this other team the second? It's like I go back and forth, and they always have such great games. And when is the next Black and Gold Classic? It's coming up, right? Yeah, uh, I believe it's in two weeks. Yeah. Okay. No, and uh, my favorite thing about Chris Mooney is there's no excuses in press conferences with him. Like, I think back to the game this year when VCU beat Richmond, he sa- he took the blame. He said, I didn't play the bench enough. That's on me. Right. right, like I love a coach like that. Oh, sure, you know, that sticks up for his team. So that was game day here on AWOD Radio. If there are any good sporting events that we didn't get to that you're looking forward to watching tonight, eight three three eight zero four zero nine ten. That's eight three three eight zero four zero nine ten. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the New Sports Radio nine ten. The fan now at one hundred five one FM, live from Ashburn Park. Home of the Washington Commanders, new offensive coordinator Cliff Kingsbury just met with the media, and your defense coordinator Joe Witt is coming up next. We might throw to Joe Witt before the end of the show today, but look, I, I've told you guys I'm all in on Cliff Kingsbury. I get it. He's had issues in the past. It did not work in Arizona. He had that team at 7-0 and one season, and then it felt like the NFL adjusted to him, and he wasn't able to make changes, and his offensive side of the ball stunk the second half of the season with Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, and a really good offense. Then, after that time in Arizona, he went to Thailand. That made a, you know headlines. What's he doing in Thailand with a million dollars and not coaching in, in, in the NFL or in college? Worked his way back to the college ranks. Did a whole season with USC. And I, I listened to the press conference during the break there. I kind of loved how Cliff said at USC, he got to play good cop all season long. Right, and you think about that when you when you when you're looking at a coaching staff here, especially at the college ranks, when you're trying to you know mold young minds and turn them into from boys to men, basically, you're gonna have the hard ass coach and you're gonna have the nice guy. And Cliff was actually Mr. Nice Guy last year for USC, and I think it's part of the reason why Caleb supports him and why I'd like to have Caleb Williams teaming up with Cliff Kingsbury this season. So I'm all in on the OC Cliff Kingsbury. Defensive coordinator Joe Witt, he's going to have to win me over. He's going to have to win this press conference here, his introductory press conference, live from Ashburn. Uh, But I wanted to play a clip from Cliff Kingsbury. Here's Cliff, the new OC for your commanders, on the process of the interviews and why he took the job. Yeah, I don't want to get into the specifics of the process as much, but obviously historic franchise, um, incredible fan base, uh, the opportunity to work with Adam Peters, Dan Quinn, who I've always had a ton of respect with, with and then the ownership group, um, what they're trying to do, their vision, 
uh, it's exciting, exciting times. I've heard great things about the DMD, so just honored to be here. What's funny about that is everybody talks about when they get hired in Washington, Stub, they talk about the Redskins being a historic franchise, and I agree, but they haven't been historic in my lifetime, <laughs> right? And and Cliff's like, what, 39 or something? Yeah. So it's They've like, been here for a while. Does he remember? <laughs> They're an old team. I, I, mean, <laughs> I guess just, if that's the it's point. A, it's a weird bit, but I, I mean, it's just them saying the right things. And yeah. you know, it's not like he's lying. It is a historic franchise. Yeah. It's one of the greatest, and there's, there's not many super uh, three-time Super Bowl winning franchises in the NFL. No. So, um, like that answer, and and really, you know, he went on to talk about how his vision aligned with Josh Harris's vision and Adam Peters, and that's kind of the same, you know, sentiments we heard from Dan Quinn when he was hired. Now, the interesting thing with Cliff Kingsbury is this will be his second chance in the NFL, but not his second chance as a head coach, a second chance as an offensive coordinator, and this is a guy that will now only have to focus on the offensive side of the ball, and I truly believe his missteps, his mistakes, his issues in Arizona had more to do with him not being the right leader of men, being able to lead the franchise. Remember, he was really young at the time, one of the youngest head coaches in the NFL. Now, he won't be a head coach. He'll only have to focus on running the offense. Here's Cliff Kingsbury on the differences between being a head coach and an offensive coordinator. Being able to just focus on the offense um, will be great. You know, Dan has, has a bunch on his plate. I've, I've sat in that seat, and so you're dealing with the entire picture. Uh, with me now, it's, it's focusing on that group and, and trying to maximize who we are personnel-wise, coaching staff-wise, and being the best we can um, just in that area. So to be able to back up and, and do that again is exciting, to put all that focus just into that um, and ready to get to work. This is a guy that was rejuvenated, his direct quote, from his season at USC, working with younger guys again, working with college prospects. Now he takes a step up, as a lot of his guys that he coached will take a step up to the next level. And, and you know, that that's refreshing, right, is the fact that Cliff won't have to focus on the, some of the headaches that come with being a head coach. He'll only have to focus on the offensive side of the ball. The new defensive coordinator, Joe Witt, just step to the podium. Let's take a listen live to the commander's press conference for your new DC, Joe Witt Jr. You just have to go do it. You know, I don't. I don't have a. It's easy to say if you know you can do this and that. You just have to go do it. You have to just go work, work, work. I grew up on a farm. My dad, you know, he had a farm, and all we know is just to work hard, and so that's what we do. You know, I hear kind of the energy and the passion in your voice, and everybody has different leadership qualities and mm-hmm. leadership styles. How do you lead men? What what are what are some things you you try to do? First, I want to make sure I'm a great communicator. I want them to understand that I'm here for them. Okay, if 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 we as coaches uh, take the gray area out of it, I believe our players play fast. So um, I'm going to communicate with them. I want them to know I'm a great listener as well. Okay, so. Uh, if they have good ideas, we'll listen. All right, This is a collaborative deal. This is not about me. This is not about the staff. This is about us as a unit playing high-level ball. All right? uh, make sure that the commanders are, are, are playing winning football every time we step on the field. And so um, I'm not really a rah-rah guy, okay? especially on game day. I believe if you're doing a lot of yelling on game day, you haven't done your job during the week. All right, a game day is for helping the players, teaching the players, putting them in, in the great position. Now, at practice, all right, we're going to make sure we get them up going the right way. So you'll see a, a, a big difference between me on 
the practice field, and on game day. On game day, it's all about helping those guys, getting them in the right position because they're trying their butts, their butts off, all right? They're not trying to mess up, trust and believe, all right? So um, I want to make sure that we put them in a great position that they can go out there and play fast. As you step into a new team, what is What's your, your email? I'm Nikki Javala with the Washington Nikki? Post. Okay, Sorry about thanks. that. Um, as, as you step into a new team, what is your general process for how you go about evaluating the roster? All right, so that's where we're starting at right now. Um, we have what we call a profile of each position of what we are looking for in our defense. And so um, we match what we have against the profile of what we're looking for. And um, you'll, you'll hear us talk a lot about um, we won't talk about what guys can't do. We want to know what they can do and how far along the journey can we bring them within our system. And so that's what we're doing right now. And we're in the process of evaluating the roster. We did that as a coaching staff today. Um, and I wanted to hear one-liners and what each position coach thought about uh, the position of the men there. And then we'll start to see what we feel like we must have, what we need, and, and, and some wants that we want from a um, talent um, acquisition standpoint. And just being in the div the division the last few years, does that give you any sort of leg up in the process, or you, do you just start completely anew as if they're? Uh, it might give you a little bit because you know we we played these teams twice, but it's really I'm looking at the other side of the ball, so I really haven't watched you know Washington's defense prior to coming here, so um, it wasn't that much of an advantage. What's a profile? Excuse of me. Well, uh, sorry, Sam Fortier with the Washington Post. Sam, okay, thank Can you. Can you tell us about a profile of of one position? Uh, no, I cannot. Uh, that I, that's a, I, I don't want people to know what we're looking at and what we're looking for because I think that's the secret of um, Dan and, and and you know the things that we actually look for. That's not for everybody to know. What's your timeline? I guess you know from now until maybe the draft of of how you're going to go through the process of evaluating what you have, what you need, who you bring in. Like, can you can you kind of walk us through how you're planning on doing that? Oh, uh, you know, to be honest with you. We're going to follow the calendar that Dan gives us, okay? So right now, we're in the process of evaluating who we have, all right? And we did that pretty much today. And then once we get the free agent list, which we haven't gotten yet, um, we'll look at those guys that we could possibly add from there. Same thing when we get the draft list. It's, it's the same process on all 32 teams. You know, you, you, you follow, you look at your staff. Even if, let's say, I was back in Dallas right now, we'll be reevaluating our current players, all right? Who, who's there, who, you know? Who can we take further on the journey? And so, same thing here. Nothing different. Hey, Joe, welcome. Joe to Witt won me over. I'm going to say that right now, Stub. The way he talked about the difference between practice and game day, I thought that those details were awesome. This is a guy that, if you go to training camp, I feel like he's going to be a screamer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kind of reminded me of the fire in Eric Bieniemy's voice. Yeah. Right? Like a guy that's going to demand perfection, that's going to make sure that the players meet his standards. So, I, look, they, they they always say, can you win or lose the press conference? He won me over there. That was that was a great answer. He, I'm, I'm ready to see what this guy can do. Yeah. And I do love the bit where he's not going to let you ask a question without saying your name. He wants yeah. to know <laughs> your <was> damn name. <laughs> I love that. Thanks to Dave Riggert, who joined me at 1230. You can rewind on the Odyssey app as JMU prepares for Georgia State tonight. You can check out our interview with Sean Barstow of ECU Power Forward by listening to the podcast, Best of AWOD Radio, available every day on your drive home. It's Grant and Danny coming up next from Washington, D.C.